With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pebble Report podcast, now recording after the minor league season is over. And yesterday, we were recording this on Tuesday, September 3rd. And I'm Sam Bradfield, and as always, joined by Eric Garcia McKinley. Eric, how are you today? I'm doing really well. Thanks, Sam. Yep. So we're re- we're recording here right after the the end of the minor league season. So today on the Pebble Report, we're going to be talking about uh, the seasons as a whole and who we thought were the breakouts of each level and also the biggest disappointments at each level. And at the end, we will reveal to you who we think our overall breakout and disappointment from the 2019 Rockies minor league teams uh, is. So we're going to start with the short season team. So we're going to combine uh, the Boise Hawks and the Grand Junction Rockies kind of in, into an overall um, short season breakout disappointment. So my breakout for the short seasons is Brenton Doyle, right fielder, outfielder for the Grand Junction Rockies, who actually today on September 3rd was named uh, Pioneer League Player of the Week uh, for August 26th through September 2nd. So in in that week, Brenton Doyle went 16 for 29, three doubles, two triples, two home runs, 12 RBI, 10 runs, five walks, seven strikeouts, and two stolen bases. This is all from the official media release from the uh, Grand Junction Rockies. He's the fourth player to receive the award in 2019. And overall, he's hit really, really well. His his slash as of today, 376 on base, 468, slugging 316, or sorry, 618. That's a lot. Um, eight home runs. Like he's just, he's hitting really, really well for someone who was drafted in the fourth round this year. Um, so yeah, I think Brenton Doyle is my my breakout, the 21 year old from Shepherd, West Virginia. What about you, Eric? Who's your breakout from short season? Um, well, before I reveal mine, I I, I like the pick. Um, I like going toward for a new uh a new member of the organization. And I have to admit, like when <laughs> when when the Rockies first, I mean this this is what happens when especially with the draft. And you're not a, you know, you don't like if you're like me, you don't pay any attention really to college ball or much to prep or much to the draft at all, actually, until it happens. You hear these names for the first time. And it's like Brenton Doyle. It's like to me, that was like just a combination of two existing Rockies prospects. I just imagined like Brett Boswell and Tommy Doyle being put into a blender. But now it's like, okay, it's a real person now. Brenton Doyle. Yeah, I mean, like WRC plus was one eighty three um, in Grand Junction, so I like the pick. Um, and yeah, Brenton Doyle, his own person, not the combination of uh, two existing Rockies prospects. Um, okay, uh, so my breakout uh, for the short season ball, I'm gonna go with Fast Eddie Diaz. Um, 
And he's on my radar mostly because he jumped up onto the uh, Purple Row prospect scene. Um, if you listened a couple of weeks ago when we talked to Jeff Aberly, who runs the, uh, the, the perp voting on the site every year, this is one of his risers as well. And so, so this is um, Eddie Diaz's first um, foray into uh, stateside baseball. And he hit 331 with a 360 on base percentage. Didn't hit for much power. That's not his game. Um, and he also stole 20 bases. So um, to me, this is this is somebody who's just jumped onto the perp, perps list, um, has a cool nickname, and uh, the nickname is actually reflective of what he does on the field. Um, to me, that's a, that's a, that's a good person to, to pay attention to. So that's, that's my breakout. Um, my disappointment, um, for short season ball, I'm going to go with, uh, uh, walking Cabrera who played for grand, the grand junction Rockies this year. Um, and the reason is, so prior to this season, um, back in March, Fangraphs identified Cabrera as um, a developmental sleeper in the organization. So he's not somebody who was necessarily um, somebody you want to look at as, as a, you know, a, a big investment from, um, from the international market. But he was somebody who was like, okay, you know, let's, let's see what this guy can do in, in his first try stateside. And didn't hit really well in uh, in Grand Junction. 187, 281, 301. That's a 301 slugging percentage. Um, and in his second try also in Grand Junction, um, he's still young. And, you know, these are just stat lines. And, you know, you know, the adage is true. Don't you can't exclusively scout the stat line. But, um, you know, we're using the information um, or a lot of the information we have right here. So I'm going to go with him as uh, my short season disappointment. Um, all right. Well, if that doesn't, do you have any other thoughts on uh, short season or, or my picks, Sam? Um, No, but I want to offer my my disappointment before we move on. Oh, yes, on. of course. <laughs> <laughs> if of that's course. OK with you. Oh, oh yeah. Um, yes, please. Yeah. So uh, looking through <laughs> some of these some of these players i think my my disappointment for right now might honestly be your v's torialba uh son of your v torialba he was drafted in the 20th round this year and honestly for the boise hawks has done okay uh he has 11 extra bases and that's it um average 227 slugging 284 his ops as a whole is 591 so not a lot of not a lot of power on base about a third of the time. Um, he wasn't obviously very necessarily highly scouted being drafted in the 20th round. It's kind of, you know, it's not super low, but it's also not super high considering um, his lineage. But just, yeah, really just looking at the stat lines, he's got 30 strikeouts, 20 walks, 18 RBI. He just really didn't seem to see the ball really well this year. So I think... Um, yeah, I think coming in and hitting 227 with an you know OPS 591, not great for a first season. So we'll kind of see how he does, we does uh, how he does next year. So wherever he ends up. But moving on up the ladder to Asheville, uh, Eric, who's your breakout for the Asheville tourists? Um, for me, this one was uh, this one was pretty easy for me. Um, breakout here is Taryn Vavra 
who was a uh, third round pick in last year's draft, um, the 96th pick overall. And he just had a great, great season at the plate for Asheville. Uh, 160 WRC plus. So it's a, you know, it's a, it's a hitter's environment, but 60% better than league average. Um, and the, uh, the unadjusted stats, 318 average, 409 on base, 489 slugging, just like really, really excellent, especially for the level. Um, and what really excites me, um, and by the way, Taryn Vavra is a, uh, middle infielder, uh, playing, uh, second base and also shortstop. Uh, what's really excites me is uh, two things. One, his walk rate, 13.7%, which is really good. And do you want to take a stab, at Sam, at what his strikeout rate might be? Just throw out a number at me. Probably like 20%? No, no. Um, it is also 13.7%. So walk rate, 13.7%. Strikeout rate, 13.7%. The first is high, which is good. The second is low, which is really good. Um, 20% is a good guess, and that's what, what I would guess for just basically any minor leaguer. But 13.7%, that's awesome. So that's very exciting for me. I'm really, really eager to see how um, what he does uh, uh, next year in Lancaster. What about you? Who's your breakout for Asheville? Yeah, I agree with Taryn Vavra. I really think he just... Like you, like all of the things you listed, his stats were really good. He had a really, really good year at the plate. I mean, he was uh, he was voted the most valuable player in the South Atlantic League, and he was also um, let me look back at the I have all of the the press releases here in front of me. So I, you know, um, he was the starting shortstop for the Southern Division and the uh, All Star Game, and he his. 318 batting average was second best in the in the entire league. Um, 79 runs ranked third on base percentage 409, which topped the circuit um, and finished top 15 in pretty much like a number of offensive categories. So just even though he missed the uh, he missed the final four weeks of the season, but like so all of that included pretty darn good season, I think. Um for Taryn Vavra. So yeah, he should move up to, to Lancaster next year. And I know a few other people, a few people, I think in my, uh, in the, either the last podcast or the last Pebble report were suggesting that he might even jump up to Hartford. Um, so I don't think that would be, I don't think he would start in Hartford, but, um, he could see some action up there maybe halfway through the season. Um, so yeah, that would be very exciting. Yeah. And then on the on the flip side of that disappointment uh, for me, for the Asheville tourists is is Riley Pint. Riley Pint had a really rough season. He's been in Asheville um, kind of up and down. He spent some time in Asheville. He was there in uh, 17 and then last year was there in 18 and then had some arm issues and injuries um, was sent down to Boise and then was promoted back up to Asheville, but again, missed the majority of the season due to injuries on, uh, he hasn't played since June 14th, um, and only pitched 17 and two thirds innings, eight, six, six ERA, um, more runs than hits, 17 earned runs, 12 hits, 31 walks, six hit batters, 
uh, struck out twenty only 23 batters in 17 two-thirds innings. So Riley Pine's been one of those guys who he was drafted. I mean, he was the first-round draft pick in 2016. and Third overall. Yeah, third, third, third overall. Third overall. <laughs> so he's been so highly touted, and everybody really, really wants to see Riley Pine do well, and he just seeming – he just – can't seem to get it together. I mean, even in his his career, he's pitched 156 innings since being drafted in 2016. And he's just really seems to struggle. Um, so hopefully, hopefully 2020 is the year of Riley Pint. But I feel like we've been saying that for a while. Um, so, yeah, what about you? Who's your disappointment in Asheville? Yeah, well, I mean, Riley Pint is... Um... Yeah, he's the obvious one. Um, so I had a backup, just in case you also said Riley Pine. <laughs> Um And my disappointment is going to be Grant Levine. Thought about so, him, too. <laughs> yeah, Grant Levine did not have a bad year at the plate. Um, so his WRC Plus, his adjusted batting um, in this like good hitting environment was 104. So better than league average, which is good, and that's adjusted. Um, average 236, not great. OBP 347, that's pretty good. He's getting a lot of walks. But he only slugged 327, um, an isolated slugging of 091. He hit just seven home runs and 526 plate appearances. And for a guy whose defensive position is looks like it's going to be first base, and for somebody who slugged 519 in his first uh, first go at professional ball in 2018 for the Grand Junction Rockies, that's just really really disappointing to see to see his power just disappear. Maybe it's an injury. Maybe he's working on something. But in any case, um, yeah, I, I think it, it can't be described as anything other than a disappointment this year for for uh, for Grant Levine. All right. Um, so that okay. Uh, am I am I right that that takes care of Asheville? Yes. Not jumping the gun here. Yes. All right. All right. So moving on to Lancaster. Um, breakout. Who is your Lancaster um, breakout prospect? I think the big obvious one, and I'm going to stick with the obvious. I think here, uh, Ryan Rollison, last year's first uh, first draft pick, first round draft pick. There we go. Twenty second overall. Um, I mean, he started the year in Asheville and only pitched in three games before being promoted to hitters paradise Lancaster. Um, yeah, he was, I mean, he pitched 14 and two thirds innings in Asheville with an 061 ERA an 068 whip and, uh, 61%, uh, ground out percentage there. So, um, yeah, <laughs> All right. So, yeah, and then we, after being promoted to Lancaster, he's pitched 22 games, 160, 116 and a third innings, and he has a 487 ERA in Lancaster. So all things considered, with a, you know, home run hanger, anything under five is pretty good. So I'm, I'm going to go with, with Ryan Rollison. What about you? All right, so for my, uh, my breakout, I'm going to go with the other Ryan, uh, Ryan Valade. Uh, who had uh, a nice year, adjusted adjusted batting, 28% better than league average, um, 303, 367, slugged 466, um, 
all very good. Um, does not have the uh, the exciting symmetry of a walk and strikeout rate that Taron Vavra has, but um, he played shortstop, so he's really been sticking at shortstop. And this is one of the things that I find really interesting here about Ryan Vallade is like he seems to be they're they're giving him they're giving him this fair shot at short. So. Um, and he was able to do that, um, the more difficult and important uh, defensive position, and also really shine at the plate. So to me, he's he's the clear breakout. It's um it's a it's a tough environment. Um, well, I mean, it's a good environment for hitting, but you know, it's it's a tough environment to uh, to to have that defensive pressure and also perform at the plate. So. Um, yeah, I think even even more so than Taron Vavra moving up to Lancaster uh, next year, Ryan Valade's uh, trip to Double A, which I think scouts still agree are, is the most difficult transition, moving from High A to Double A, where the the competition really advances the most. That's gonna be that's gonna be another one to watch pretty closely coming in next year. So um, he's my breakout. Um, as far as my disappointment goes, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you a curveball here, and I'm gonna say my disappointment is Ryan Rollison, um, and only because um, so you just helpfully um, gave us a lot of his his stats and especially how just how dominant he was in Asheville. Um, so he is my disappointment because. He pitched 14 innings in Asheville and had an 061 ERA, and I'm disappointed that he didn't go to Lancaster and just flat out dominate, despite the environment. That's so fair. my dis my disappointment is that he didn't uh, come up and crush the competition. Um, and you know, I, I it's it possibly I have to I have to go with that because. There, there were just simply not that many notable prospects in Lancaster this year, <laughs> but hey, that's that's a that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So Ryan Rollison, the disappointment of Lancaster. Um, hopefully that's what about a, you? hopefully that's not a nickname that sticks. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah de definitely not. Ryan Rollison, um, disappointment of Lancaster. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I think. I mean, like you mentioned, there weren't a lot of notable prospects in, in Lancaster this year, and they missed the playoffs, I think, for the first time in a while. Um, so maybe just the team as a whole struggled, and that could be – I think that could be considered a, a disappointment on my end. There just wasn't – there weren't a lot of good guys to follow and a lot of good guys to, to write about. So I'm just going to go with Lancaster as a whole. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, which you know, I've never been to Lancaster, but I, I wonder, I wonder, uh, I wonder how people from Lancaster might feel of Lancaster, the disappointment. You're right. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is in, a, it is in the Valley in California, or maybe I'm, maybe I'm exposing my ignorance of that area of the country, but seems, seems like it would be a disappointing place to land. Yeah. So, or not land in the case of a bunch of the home runs that are hit there. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, let's continue up the ladder here um, and, and go closer to home for you. Let's go to Hartford. So who's your who's your breakout in Hartford? All right, so I'm going to go for, for my breakout in Hartford. I'm going to go with uh, Colton Welker. Um, so Colton Welker, he didn't have a, a dominating season by any means, but to me, he's the breakout um, there because... It was his 
first attempt um, in double A, and he did well. Um, didn't do great. Um, uh, adjusted batting, 9% better than league average. Um, he hit 252, 313, slug 408. But he did um, he did enough to to look at and say he probably he he was was he injured a little bit of this year? I think he was. Wasn't yeah, he? he was injured. Uh, he just recently yeah. came back. Yeah, but it, to me, it looks like it looks like somebody who, if you take that and if that's if that's if if you take what he did in his 394 plate appearances. And you think, okay, that's Colton Welker at double A. It seems like somebody, there's no reason to just keep him there. So it seems like he's going to move beyond double A um, without having to repeat the assignment or somebody who might be fast tracked. Maybe he'll start the season in double A next year and move, move up pretty quickly. So I think, I think just, just by, by virtue of the, um, the development that I think we're seeing from him um, in, in a, in a tough, uh, in a tough transition in double a that's that to me that's why he's my uh he's my breakout all right uh my disappointment for hartford i'm gonna go with justin lawrence and i'm going with him because of expectations and the expectations heading into the season was that he's somebody who could maybe even break the may break the major league club this year um he was bad in albuquerque so he was sent to double A. He posted an 8.78 ERA in 20, about 27 innings. And yes, you know, scouting stat lines and all, but like, come on, you can't, you can't, you can't rationalize yourself out of uh, how an 8.78 ERA was actually just working on stuff. Even if you're just working on stuff, that's bad. So Justin Lawrence, um, he's my, he's my disappointment. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you on Justin Lawrence. Um, he just, I mean, even at the beginning of the season, like I watched him in the Fall League last year. And in the Fall League, he, I mean, he did okay. He blew a couple of big saves in the, the Fall Stars and in the championship game, but still ended, you know, a 338 ERA um, in, pitched in 10 games, 10 two-thirds innings, had three saves. Um, and so he, I mean, he pitched pretty well. And so the fact that the Rockies then fast-tracked him jumped him straight from Lancaster to Albuquerque, which I was immediately surprised by, um, especially for a young pitcher. I mean, uh, Lawrence is only, I mean, he's 24. He was drafted in 2015. Uh, so I, I was really, really surprised to see him jump over Hartford, especially Hartford mm -hmm. being kind of the not hitters environment of the Rockies bunch. So he really, really struggled in Albuquerque. And so then he got, he was injured and then uh, reassigned to Hartford. And he, so I figured Hartford would be a good spot for him to kind of reset and retool and kind of come back to where he needed to be and actually <laughs> ended up doing worse in Hartford. Um, yeah. That he had the 871 ERA in Albuquerque and an 878 in Hartford overall Uh 876 ERA for the 2019 season. And he was one, yeah, one of those that everybody expected him to be with the major league club at some point this year and just didn't work. He just hit a wall this year and I, I have no idea what happened to him. So here's hoping that the off season allows him to kind of, you know, reset, retool, figure out what to do next year, come back pitching much better. Um, but then on the flip side of that, my breakout for Hartford 
I'm going to go with uh, Rico Garcia, who I, I know split time between Hartford and Albuquerque, but just purely looking at his time in Hartford, he absolutely dominated in Hartford. I mean, 185 ERA, 13 games, 68 innings. Um, he recorded 87 strikeouts and had an 094 whip. So he just came out in in Hartford and everybody's like, oh, Rico Garcia. Look at Rico Garcia. And then hit Albuquerque and went, oh, everybody went, uh, Rico's, R- Rico's pitching. Um, but that's a whole different thing. So purely, again, purely looking at his Hartford stats, Rico Garcia is absolutely my breakout for for Hartford. And I hope for next year in Albuquerque, he, he is able to pitch much better. All right, so moving up to, to Albuquerque, which is closer to home for me. Um, who's your breakout in Albuquerque, Eric? Um, yeah, this one this one was kind of tough because, you know, looking through um, everybody who's played for the Isotopes this year, um, so many guys have played also for the Rockies. So it was hard to think of who's the breakout prospect um, for Albuquerque um, because, you know, AAA is like a, you know, there's a lot of movement back and forth to the majors. But I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Dom Nunez. Um, and the reason is because he was around for a long, he's been around for a long time in the organization since 2013. Um, his, you know, his, his bat sort of like didn't develop like, um, as well, I don't know what the word is as thoroughly or as well as, uh, I think the Rockies hoped or a lot of like prospect watchers really hoped and maybe expected, um, but then, you know, then then he got to AAA, started hitting well, even though PCL baseball this year is like totally weird. Um, and then and then he got called up and he also did pretty well in his first um, in his first cup of coffee with the major league. So because he did, he did enough in AAA to warrant um, being given reps um, in the major leagues as a catcher, which is uh, a valuable and important position. To me, that's that's enough for him to be for him to be my uh, to be my breakout. What about you? I think I'm going to go with uh, Sam Hilliard, who just absolutely torched <laughs> through AAA this year to the point where even at the end of the year, he was named to the all, the all PCL league. I mean, he broke so many records, both isotopes records that stood since they were the Dodgers affiliate. Like he broke a, a bunch of records that were held by Jock Peterson in 2014. Um, and then just, and a lot of them were even PCL records. He just absolutely torched through P- through the PCL. Um, and some of that might just be that it's PCL, but the fact that he hit and was noted to be an all PCL guy, I think is absolutely worth noting. Um, I mean, he did okay in, in the other, in the other leagues. He hit, you know, hit pretty well, um, with his best, if you're scouting the stat line, you know, best season coming in in Lancaster where he hit 300. Other than that, he's hit right around 260, 265 ish. Um, but with a lot of power, uh, high strikeouts could be a concern, but you know, overall, this was the year of Sam Hilliard in AAA. Um, and then on the flip side, with this year being the year of Sam Hilliard, last year was the year of Josh Fuentes, who I'm going to have to name as my biggest disappointment for the Isotopes this year. Just again, with the expectations of 
he was the PCL MVP last year. And he just last year was the year that we all came to know Josh Fuentes. And then between injuries and a lot of other things that just didn't seem to be working for him. Um, this ended up being not a great year for him. It was on, it was his worst year since Asheville in 2015. Uh, so for whatever reason, he just, he came back down to earth, which we all expected him to, but then he, I think went through maybe a couple layers of the earth. Um, (laughs) and just, yeah, just, I mean, he, he did enough to be called up early in the season, but then was injured and didn't do enough to then warrant a later call up. And we'll, we'll see, I am expecting him to be called up during this September period, but we'll, we'll kind of see. So hopefully he's, he's a little bit better next year. I still, I, yeah, I still really like him as a prospect, and I think he'll do well. But he just this year was not was the year of poor Josh Fuentes. <laughs> he's gotta, he's gotta get out of the mantle. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> Hopefully, don't go to the center of the earth. So, oh boy, that'd be bad. So, anyway, what about you? Who's your disappointment for for Albuquerque? Um, I'm gonna go with, um, I'm gonna go with Ryan Castellani, uh, only because like he's. Sort of his prospect luster has faded significantly over the past uh, couple of seasons. He hasn't been pitching all that well, but this year was just like he just he just got brutalized by PCL and like the baseball and like you know they're using the major league baseball this year and it's just like really really bad. So, I mean he he was injured a fair bit, um, but he ended up with an eight point seven one ERA and his home run to fly ball ratio was 30 percent and so he just got crushed with that um you know generally that's like about 10 percent um if you're having a really unlucky season it's like 20 percent 30 percent like 30 percent of the fly balls he allowed ended up over the fence really bad so it's you know and and he's he's like the type of guy that you you look at and you're like well Okay, he's probably he's he's not going to be a frontline starter. We know that he's not even going to be a mid rotation starter. Probably, he's he's going to you know his you you want somebody like that to maybe be like a fourth starter, a spot starter, something like that. Um, but like you know, with how his season went, it's like man, that uh, I'm not I'm not I'm not sure I'm not sure what his uh what his next step is. But really really tough season. So I'm going to say. Disappoint. The biggest disappointment was Ryan Castellani's season. Yeah, I, I agree with that one too. He was my second choice. <laughs> yeah. So glad to know we're on the same page for most of these. All right. Well, then I guess well that brings us to the end. So, all right. So overall, then. So who? Um, well, I guess I guess let's let's maybe reframe it. Who? Um, who are you most excited about um, out of like, given, given what, what we saw from the minor leagues this year, who's your prospect, your breakout prospect that you're most excited about going forward? I think I've, I've talked about him a little bit. I I really like Sam Hilliard. I'm really excited to see what he can do at the major league level. I, you know, I've been around him. I've talked to him a few times, but even just beyond that, yeah, he, you know, torched through triple a and especially with the Rockies having such limited outfield depth, and struggling to find consistent power hitters, I think that Sam Hilliard is going to be the guy to step in and he can play all three outfield spots. He can hit for power and he can hit, you know, he's, I mean, he committed an error, but, you know, in his first game. But other than that, I mean, everybody commits errors. So I I really think he's, he's the one to watch. 
coming into the the rest of this season and even into 2020. How about you? All right, I'm I'm going with I'm going with Taron Vavra. Um, to me, he's just just the season he had in Asheville is like one you really really want to pay attention to. Like he's not striking out much. He's walking a lot. He's hitting for power. Um, you know, he's he's playing the middle infield. So he's 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 the one I'm most excited about to see how he progresses um, next year. Um, it'd be it'd be really cool if he hits plays well enough uh, to start in Lancaster to get a to get a promotion to to double A next year. That would be very exciting. So he's 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 my he's uh he's my early pick for uh my guy my guy next year. Your guy. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um all right. Well, um on the uh the the flip side, what about who's your who's the the the, the disappointment for the season? I think I'm going to go back to Justin Lawrence. Um again because he had such high expectations to the point where he was completely jumped over to start in Hartford. He went from Lancaster to Albuquerque and they expected him to be in the majors at least probably second half of the season if not right now in September. So I think just the fact that he and even once he was, you know, reassigned from Albuquerque down to Hartford and still couldn't get it together. Um I think is a huge disappointment for him, which is which is a shame, but um, we'll see what he can do in the future. Hopefully next year he can kind of reset and go back to that dominant pitcher. We really hope he'll be. How about you? Um, yeah, I, I just, I gotta, I gotta go with Riley Pint, <laughs> you know, even, even though he, he actually was not my pick, um, for, uh, for Asheville. Um, but like, just, just the fact that, I mean, 31 walks and six hit batters in, 17 and two thirds inning pitched. That is just, that's just, that's ludicrously disappointing. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with him, uh, especially given the pedigree, um, given the, given the high hopes, it's just not looking good for him, mm-hmm. not looking good at all. And like he might, he might next year might be his last, uh, his last chance. Yeah, definitely. So, I could see we'll that. See. Um, all right. Well, it's, you know, it's too bad. We, uh, we should have, we should have actually started that last one, um, with the disappointment. So we ended on a high note, <laughs> but in any case, um, that'll do it, um, for this. Um, actually here's a high note. So Sam, you've been writing the weekly pub- pebble reports all season long. Um, and the last one, uh, for the season will be coming out, um, Thursday, September 4th. So, you know, possibly before this podcast gets released. Um, we'll see. Um, and I just want to say you've been doing a great job with that the whole season. So if you're listening and you haven't read the weekly Pebble reports, make sure to see the see the last one that comes out tomorrow so you see the fine work that Sam's been doing all season. So thank you. That's our high note that we can end on uh, this week. Thanks, Eric. It's been a pleasure. It's been, you know, a lot of hard work and a lot of, you know, sweat and tears going into that. Not so much blood which is a good thing um so that's a high note but you know yeah it's it's been a bit of a bit of a tough stretch but i'm glad glad to do it and i'm really happy to see all these guys you know i I can look at the folly grossers now and know who some like half these guys are if not more so that's been it's been really fun covering the minor leagues and getting to know these guys before they make the majors so thanks for giving me that opportunity all right. Well, yep. Like I said, you've been doing a great job. And if you uh, if you haven't been reading them, make sure to read the last one for the season. Um, 
and check back with us next year. Um, all right, well, that'll do us. Um, that'll do it for us today, the Pebble Report podcast. You can follow Purple Row um, at Purple Row on Twitter. And also on Twitter, you can follow um, uh, the account for this podcast. You can find that at Pebble Report. Sam Bradfield is at Sammy B, S A M M I E B underscore 27. And I am at Garcia underscore McKinley. And you can find uh, this podcast um, uh, by searching Purple Row wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be subscribed to this and also our uh, uh, major league focused altitude, um, affected by altitude podcast. So thanks for listening and see you next time. See you next time.